0: at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us, and enjoy the
1: episode. Jesus that make the pathway glow We will follow the steps of Jesus Where ere they go Then at last when on high He sees us or journey done, we will rest where the steps of Jesus end at his throne, footprints of Jesus that make the pathway glow, we will follow the steps of Jesus where 'er they go
2: amen and that ought to be our heart today to follow the steps of Jesus wherever he leads us and uh, I uh, I am thankful for how the Lord is working in this place and I uh, missed being with you last week but heard that the Lord uh, worked in hearts here and I'm thankful for the uh, the guys, Brother Caleb, Brother uh, Grant, and Brother Dennis, i um, preaching in my absence and thankful for the Lord, giving us men in the church who have the ability and have the, the desire to stand up and open up the Word of God and edify the body. Isn't that how it ought to work? And thank the Lord for that. I hope you value that very, very much. And what a blessing it is to be back together. Missed, uh, missed just being in the Assembly of Grace Baptist Church. And it's a blessing to be here this morning. Although uh, this weather snap... This weather snap as it was snowing up here it was 80 down there at least and it was it was something else i thought uh when we got back up here i i told my wife we aren't in texas anymore we aren't it's cold up here and uh so i I guess it kind of caused us to kind of uh lose lose that uh, getting used to the cold weather but nonetheless we're glad to be uh, be back and it's good to be here this morning and this is an important and special day for us as a church and so we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. I ask Brother Mike if you just uh, lead and lead from back there. But uh, let's let's commit this time to the Lord and uh, just ask the Lord to meet with us today. Don't you sense a? Don't you have a hunger in your heart for Him today? And so we need we need to just tell Him we need Him. And so Brother Mike, would you uh, would you lead us in prayer and agree with Him in prayer as He prays? Amen. And you may be seated. I'm going to have the ushers to come and give you uh, a card. And so guys, if you come just straight to the front and then be ready to turn around and give that to every adult and if there's children that want it as well. But what I'm going to give you, I told you two weeks ago that we're going to, on this day, um, provide for you a pledge card as well. Now, um, perhaps this isn't how the Lord is uh, leading you to deal with today's offering, but if if uh, the Lord is leading you um, Uh, to make also a pledge I want you to save this until the end of the service and I want you to hold on to it and uh, at the end of the service, we'll take up our Conquerors uh, for, uh, Through Christ offering that we've been praying for and preparing for uh, on this uh, and looking forward to this day about. But this is a card that I want to have uh, you have in hand, so I'd want the guys just to go ahead and begin to give that out uh, to every person. And uh, this this may be, if the Lord uh, works in your your heart in this way, uh, you want to participate in this offering uh, in the three months going forward, and you say, well, this is this is what I'd like to um, participate in in with and giving this amount over the next uh, three months towards this offering and so i want i want you to think about that we'll talk more about that uh throughout the service but today we are taking up this and if you're a guest with us today uh just understand this i'm just talking to the home crowd here uh for uh for a minute but we're we're taking up an offering specifically uh for the vision items uh of this year and to accomplish the vision that god has given us for this year and really preparing for the harvest Mentioned that we're uh, asking the Lord to uh, to raise and through us provide around thirty-five thousand dollars to cover the needs um, on the vision list, and so I want to want to just encourage you. I know that you've been praying so much about this. Heard um, already stories of God providing. And that's a wonderful thing as we've just been able to see the Lord provide for this offering. And so uh, I want to I encourage you in that way as we uh, head towards the offering. We will take that up at the end of the service. want to preach a message that I believe will be an encouragement to us as we gear towards that. I'm thankful for everyone that's here this morning. God wants to work in our hearts. He wants to work in our hearts and he wants to do something special so we're going to allow him to do that hold that in hand don't get sidetracked with it allow the lord to work in your heart even through this on through the service and let's continue in song you can remain seated as
0: we
2: song let's continue in song together
0: trusting jesus page 613 simply trusting every day trusting through the stormy way think about these words as we lifted up together on the first
1: simply trusting every day trusting through a stormy way even when my faith is small trusting jesus that is all trusting us The moments fly. Trust in us, the days go by. Trust in him, whatever befall. Trust in Jesus, that is all. Trust in him. While life shall last, trust in Him till earth be past. Tell within the jasper wall, trust in Jesus, that is all. Trust in us, the moments fly. Trust in us, the days go by. Trust in Him, whatever befall. Trust in Jesus, that is all. Stand with me and turn to page 818. Page
0: 818, Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Lift it up with me as we sing together. Don't just let the words pass you by this morning. Really think about them. Great
1: is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee changest not, thy compassions they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning New mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Summer and winter and springtime and sun, moon, and stars in their courses above. Join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, Morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Pardon for sin and a- that endureth thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow blessings are mine with ten thousand beside
2: to judges chapter number seven judges chapter number seven this morning is where we're going to be for the reading of the word and for our message this morning i believe this will be a help to us and i want to preach a message entitled conquering is not about us conquering is not about us and we're going to see a story of god's victory through a man named gideon and so i want you to find judges chapter number seven and let's read together for a few moments here And uh, let's allow the Lord's uh, word to uh, speak to our hearts. And I hope that you have a copy of the Bible. If not a copy, find it on your phone and let's uh, let's read together. Judges chapter number 7. Then Zerubbabel, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him, rose up early and pitched beside the well of Herod, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. So the Midianites were enemies of the nation of Israel. And uh, Israel was in captivity to the Midianites at this point. And uh, the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Lest Israel vaunt, or puff up, themselves against me, saying, Mine own hand hath saved me. Now, therefore, go to and proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And their return of the people, 20 and 2,000. Did you catch that? 20 and 2,000. And there remain 10,000. So I just want you to understand that uh, more than half of Gideon's army was afraid. Was afraid. Now think about that. That's, That's a fair amount of individuals. And the Lord said to Gideon, unto Gideon, the people are yet too many. Hold on, Lord. Did did he just say that? They're yet too many. Yep, that's what he said. Bring them down into the water, and I will try them. I'll test them for thee there. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, this shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. Now remember, there's there's just about 10,000 left there, okay? and of whomsoever I say unto thee, this shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. So, he brought down the people unto the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, everyone that lappeth of the water with his tongue, as a dog lappeth, him shalt thou set by himself. Likewise, everyone that boweth down upon his knees to drink, and the number of them that lapped, putting their, on their hand to their mouth, were 300. And all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. So they're, they're putting their faces to the, to the water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By 300 men that lapped, will I save you?" And deliver the Midianites into thine hand, and let all the other people go, every one, unto his place. So the people took victuals, food, in their hand, and their trumpets, and he sent all the rest of Israel, every man, unto his tent, and retained those 300 men. And the host of the Midianites was beneath them in the valley. They were still there. Now, I'm going to leave the rest for us to go through as we, as we go along. But I want you to think Gideon is up against a, a, a large army, much larger than he had in the first place, and we'll talk about that. And now he has a much smaller army to go up against with these. But God is going to give him the victory. And I want us to remember this, that conquering in God's battle is not about us. It's about God. Do you agree with me this morning? We're going to see that from his word. Let's pray, and then we'll hear a special father. We need your help today. I sense that even in my own spirit, I need your help to communicate your word. I pray that you'd open up our hearts to your word. Would you settle the distractions that might come here in this room and help us to just have a, an ear to hear your word. Help us, Lord. We need you more than anything. And we need you to feed us with living, living food, with your word today. And help us, Lord, as we take up an offering in a, in a bit. Lord, I pray that we would honor you in what we give for your glory and for the advancement of your kingdom in this place, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated.
1: Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is graven on his hands. My name is written on his heart. I know that while in heaven he stands, No tongue can bid me thence depart No tongue can bid me thence depart When Satan tempts me to despair And tells me of the guilt within Upward I look to see him there Who made an end of all my sin because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God, the just is satisfied to look on Him who pardoned me. He looks on Christ and pardons me. Behold him there, the risen Lamb, my perfect spotless righteousness, the great unchangeable I am, the King of glory and of grace. One with himself I cannot die, my soul is purchased by his blood, my life is hid with my God, with Christ my Savior and my
2: God. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. That's a tremendous truth and song there. Let's have the children dismissed, fourth grade and below, down to Children's Church. We're back at Judges chapter number 7 this morning. Children, you can go down right this way, and we'll have Children's Spotlight tonight as well. Uh, We'll look forward to tonight Uh, When we all gather back together, we'll look forward to tonight, given the tally of what God is doing uh, in the offering today. And so we're looking forward to a wonderful evening service as well. I want to update, and I mentioned this in the email I sent out yesterday, I want to update or just share some testimony about what God is doing in our state, what the Lord allowed us to be a part of in this past week. And so I'm looking forward to sharing that testimony as well uh, as part of the message this evening. So Judges chapter number 7, we're back there. And so I want us to catch the the understanding of what's going on here in this chapter. Uh, God, at this point in in Israel's history, is bringing deliverers. uh, What Judges is is all about is these judges that God would set up to deliver his people out of captivity or out of uh, vexation by enemies, whether it's the Philistines or the Midianites or others. He was setting up these these leaders, these spiritual leaders, these preachers, these deliverers, who would deliver his people out of the bondage that they got into by their own sins. Many times the the people of Israel would forget the works of God. They would begin to serve Baal or other, other idols. God would allow them to go into captivity or allow them to go into some sort of bondage, some sort of vexation by enemies. And then they would cry out to God, God, we're sorry, we've done the wrong thing, and God would raise up a deliverer. Now, this man Gideon is the sixth judge Of The children of Israel and so his job God was calling him to be the deliverer uh, of the nation of Israel out of the hands of the Midianites So the Midianites are there they've gathered on the uh, right in the in the area of Israel and they're just vexing them And so they're under this 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 vexation because of their own sin yet now they're calling out to God God we need your help We need you to to bring us out of this. We want want to repent now. We We want to be free of this. By the way, sin always brings us into bondage. That's still true today. Sin always brings us into bondage. And if you look at the nation of Israel, as God dealt with them as a nation, is how God deals with you as an individual New Testament believer. And so many times we might not be under siege individually to a nation, but we become under siege to an addiction uh, to the, the ways of the devil, we become under siege to our own priorities. And, and Satan brings us constantly into bondage. When we stop worshiping God, setting him in his rightful place, we come into bondage personally, just like they came into bondage as a nation. So this has great application for us in this day. And so they're in this point. Now, I want us to step back. and Have you ever, have you ever met a real competitive person? Like a really I mean if you're thinking of a real competitive person right now, would you just slip up your hand? I mean real competitive. All right. If that person were on a a basketball court, they would they would do what? They might hog the ball. You heard, I'm not a sports person, so I'm venturing out here, but I do know the term hogging the ball. It's a, it's a person that, boy, they, they're, they're all in, and they, they think they're going to be the one that's going to win the game, and so they're not playing as a team. They're hogging the ball because they, they want to make sure they get the shot. They want to make sure that they're handling it. And uh, that whole idea of hogging the ball comes from uh, the idea of a player who's monopolizing it many times, a very competitive individual who hasn't learned to work as a team and hasn't learned that it isn't about them. You know what? In that case, a coach might come along and say, listen, it isn't all about you. It's about the team. We're working together. Uh, We need to play together and so on. So I want us to realize that as God is about ready to use uh, Gideon and others with him to deliver Israel out of this bondage, God has to alert them to the fact that this this conquering, this triumph that you're about ready to see, this victory that you're about ready to see, is not about you. It is not about you. And that's a good message for us today. Because what God wants to do in our church and what God is doing in our church and the, the conquering that he's already given you, some of you in the area of prayer, some of you in the area of addiction, this conquering, this triumph isn't all about you. This triumph isn't something you can step back and say, well, yeah, I did, I did that pretty well, didn't I? God isn't glorified when that's going on in our lives. It isn't about us. And so here is this, this situation in the nation of Israel. They're in desperate need. They need God to work a supernatural victory and bring them out of captivity. They need God to release them from the clutches of the Midianite people, the Midianite army that is working against them. And so here in Judges chapter number 6, I want you to notice it says, and the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Midianites, uh, or in the hand of Midian, seven years. And it came to pass, verse number seven, when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, they cried out, just like the Bible tells us, Second Chronicles seven and verse number fourteen, that if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. That's exactly what our nation needs right now. We need a turning back. But if my people, which are called by my name, so we see it played out here, there's no freedom apart from God's word. And you notice what happens in in the book of Judges, chapter 6, verse 12, we find that as they cry out, God raises up a deliverer who's going to lead them in the ways of God. He's going to lead them in the right way. He's going to believe God, and he's going to lead them in the right way. And the angel, the Lord, verse number 12, appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee. Who's he talking about? Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us, saying, Did not the Lord um, bring us up out of Egypt? But the, now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us in the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said, O my Lord, wherewithal shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least of my father's house. And so here God is raising up a deliverer. By the way, there is no deliverance without God Bringing a deliverer. There's no deliverance without the word of God. There's no deliverance without trusting in God's word. Do you notice what Gideon immediately says? Hey, listen, I've heard about how God worked in the past. I've heard how God worked back then with Egypt. And, and, and all this is happening now. And, and he says, hey, listen, it's because of the sin of, uh, the sin of Israel that this is all happening. And I'm raising you up to be the leader, to lead the people out of this, this bondage. God first called Gideon to actively take a stand against the wickedness of his people. First there, a little later on, he's going to have him go and tear down the altar that his father had built up. Talk about having to take a stand. Gideon was going to have to take a stand against the wickedness of his own people, even right within his own family, the worship of other gods. There was going to be no delivering without him taking a stand against the evil that was right in front of him. And that was going to take a lot of courage, but God gave him the courage to do it. And God gave him protection as he did that. He protected him as he obeyed and took a stand against all the wickedness. But you know what? What's interesting is as God was cultivating Gideon to become this leader and to lead his people out of this bondage, out of this this captivity, if you will, I find it interesting, even after God showed him that he would protect him, when he took a stand against the wickedness right within his own family because he literally went down and tore down the altar that his father had built onto another god, literally cut down the grove. How many of you understand that groves don't grow up overnight again? So he had done some irreparable damage to his father's worship system. By the way, all of his father's friends were not very happy about this. Like, we're gonna kill your son. We're, we're, we're mad about this. And so uh, he's done all this, but God protected him. And yet, Gideon still is like, I don't know if, don't know if God's really going to bring me all the way through this. And I find, have you ever heard of laying out a fleece? It comes from the story of Gideon. Because Gideon takes a fleece, and he's like, okay, Lord, Lord, if, if, if I lay this out tonight, Judges 6.36, if thou will save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said, here's what I'm going to ask you to do for me. I want... As I lay out this fleece, I want the, the, the fleece to be wet, in verses 37 and 38, and I want the, the ground to be dry. So he wakes up in the morning, and what happens? The fleece was wet, and the ground was dry. All right. Well, that's not enough. I mean, that, that could happen naturally. Uh, so Lord, the next night, he prays this. Lord, I want, the, I want the fleece to be dry, and I want the ground to be wet. So he's laying out this fleece. He's asking, Are you really with me? Are you really? Is this really what you're calling me to do? And so what happens the next morning? The fleece was dry and the ground was wet. All right? So now he is, okay. This is obviously God is really working. I'm not just dreaming this. God is really working. He wants me to deliver his people. Do you remember what he said? Hey, I'm of the least. I'm of Manasseh, and I'm the least of my family. You got the wrong guy. Isn't that how we often talk to the Lord when he says, hey, this is what I want you to do, right? Right? you got the wrong guy. Not me, not me. Uh, it's someone else. I'm not equipped for this. I'm not, the, I'm not the most knowledgeable. I'm not the most talented. I'm the least. I don't have the resources. I don't have the, the abilities and so on. And so he said all this. He tests God. And Gideon is now convinced that Yahweh's promise, God's promise, was that he would use Gideon to lead his people, Israel, out of this captivity or out of this affliction um, by the Midianites. Now, I want us to set the stage a little bit more Gideon, Judges chapter 7 and verse number 1, he gathers all the people that were with him. So did you do the numbers? Did you do the math? How many people were, uh, was that? How many were in this army? No, let's go back before we whittle it down. What was the first, what was the total number? 32,000. Okay, someone's doing the math. Very good. Thanks for helping us out. All right, so 32,000. It is understood that the likely number of the, uh, of, the, of the Midianites was around 135,000. So what does that mean? Well, the Midianites were about four times larger than Gideon's army. I don't know about you, but those aren't great odds, right? We're already, we're already on the, the bottom side of this. We're already, we already are disadvantaged in winning this, right, from a human perspective, are we not? Are you with me? So, I mean, this is not, hey, we're going to go to war. Hey, we're going to do this. But Gideon steps out in faith immediately in chapter number seven, in verse number one, he steps out with 32,000 against this host of enemy soldiers that were encamped in this this valley. So here's what I want us to see. First of all, he's going to face this enemy, verses one through six. And I want us to see, first of all, this, that they simply got started and got it called him, God had assured him with a fleece, God had assured him, God had, God had been very patient with him, even through all of his excuses and, and different things that you and I would likely have made in the same situation. He was very patient with him, and now Gideon is taking a step forward, getting started, taking the first step. He says there in Jud- uh, uh, Judges seven verse one, then Zerubbabel, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him, what are the next three words? rose up early they got at it and pitched beside the well of herod if you guys would give me the map and i'll show you where we are in the in the nation of israel so you see the the the, uh herod springs there uh right there and then down in that that the valley just north of that around the mountain uh moreh uh right in there is where uh the midianites were uh, encamped and so gideon and his forces are down by the spring or by the well there And so they're right there, and they're at that place. They've encamped there at the word of the Lord. you know that when facing an enemy or a problem or a task, an obstacle, you know the hardest thing to do is just to get started? How many of you agree with that? You have a task around your house, the hardest thing? Guys, guys, can I talk to you? You Got a honey-do list, right? Sometimes the hardest thing to do is just to get started. And then once you get started, you can't stop. Your wife can't even stop you, right? And all the ladies said... It's 10 o'clock at night, stop already, you know what I mean? But you know it's the hardest thing to do is just simply to get started. But you know what, it takes faith on Gideon's part to take that first step with 32,000 men up against 135,000 men to simply get started. I want to ask you this, is there something that God has called you to today? It might pertain to this offering, but it also likely pertains to many other things in your, in your life before God is there something that you simply need to get started on? That you've been sitting back, oh, I'm just not the right person. uh, I'm the least in my family. I don't have the resources. I don't have the talent. And God says, no, you just need to get started on this. You just need to take the first step. You just need to rise up early and get going. And I have learned that one of the things that separates leaders from followers is simply the will to get started. The, the ability to say, you know what, I don't know how this is all going to end, but I'm just going to get started here. Some of you did that in this matter of prayer. And some of you, I told, you know, don't worry about three weeks. And by the way, we've come to the end of that, that three weeks. I want to encourage you to keep on going. But some of you just started day by day. I'm going to spend an hour with God in prayer, right? And you just got started. I don't know how this is going to end. I don't even know how I'm going to do this. You just got started. And it takes faith to just get started. So I want us to see that. And in facing the enemy, they got started. But you know what? It wasn't, it wasn't moments after they got started that God tested the faith that they had right there. Isn't this amazing? Because in verse number 2, And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give, uh, give the victory or give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves. So right away he's saying, hold up. Hey, the 32,000 that, that you're on tracking with right now, they're too many. Huh? What? Put yourself in Gideon's spot right now. We're already outnumbered four times over. And you're saying they're too many? And so God does, does some thinning of this, of this crew. The fearful, as we read... 22,000 of them. That, that really astounds me. 22,000 said, we're so afraid that as men, we are going back home. Now, it's one thing for men to be afraid and not to admit it. Are you with me, guys? How many times do we do things and we just don't admit that we're, uh, we're scared out of our minds? Inside, we're quaking in our boots, Right? But no, I'm, I'm not going to admit that I'm afraid. Nope, not afraid at all. But these guys admitted it, and they walked home in front of their brethren, 22,000 of them. And then you notice how God did that next test, and God did the, the testing here for Gideon. Aren't you thankful that God's working with Gideon in this moment? He's working alongside of him. And so he says, hey, bring them down to the river, and those that put their face to the water and lap with their tongue, put them on one side, and those that kneel down and bring the water up to their, um, their, up to their mouth, uh, set them aside. So the guys that brought their water up to their mouth and lapped, those were 300. The rest was 9,700. And, and Gideon's in his mind, no doubt, uh, surely God's going to leave the 9,700 with me. Nope. Send the 9,700 home. Why? Well, you could, you could look at it multiple different ways, but it seems that those were the guys that were somewhat unaware. Maybe not not very in to the battle, to the battle that they're in. And so they put their faces down to the water. For whatever reason, 300 are left. And the victory God had promised to Gideon would not be Gideon's, but it would be God's, and God was going to prove that by using 300 men against 135,000 soldiers to win a victory. Now that's pretty amazing. God thins out. Have you ever felt that God's thinned you out before? right before he's promised you something? then, Then after the promise, things start whittling away. Maybe resources, maybe time. When it rains, it pours. We talk about that. I've just promised God this time. It was in the matter of prayer. I promised God this time. And then all of a sudden, everything starts piling on. And you start being limited in your resources or your time, your abilities, and so on. Why because God does not share his glory with anyone Isaiah talks to us about that for mine own sake every even for mine own sake Will I do it for how should my my name be polluted and I will not give my glory unto another? I'm not gonna do that. No, so God brings us to the points of weakness God brings us to points of limitation where our strength and our resources are limited. God brings us to those points so that He can receive all the glory when the victory is won. Maybe you feel that way today. Maybe you feel at a point of lim- uh, a limited point or a, a limited point of strength or resources. Friends, you're in a point where God can win the victory and He can receive the glory. We want to be there. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 16, verse number 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong, to show himself strong in the behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. God is looking for a person who's, I'll believe you no matter what. No matter what my limitations are, I'll believe you, I'll place faith in you. I think it's pretty amazing uh, about what's going on over in the Ukraine first from, a, from a, just a the war perspective, it's a wicked thing that's going on. Any nation invading another nation and just uh, killing innocent people, killing innocent women and children, it's a wicked thing that's going on. We ought to abhor it, and I'm ashamed that our own nation has not uh, taken a greater stance against this, um, even as we think about how how some of this is, uh, has happened is it, our own nation has just been weak on the world stage in that way. It's a it's a sad thing to see America not responding to the immorality of this war at, uh, greater uh, greater than what it is. Not saying we should go get uh, get involved and put people on the ground. I'm just saying to that, that have the moral courage to stand up against this on this type of innocent bloodshed. But I believe God is working in the midst of all this. God has ways of working in the midst of uh, of world chaos. And I shared with you a couple weeks back how one of our evangelist friends, pastor friends, uh, was doing Facebook ads with the gospel and so many millions of people uh, got to see that gospel presentation. We got to be a part. We sent $500 towards that, that Facebook ad. And, and many people came to Christ just from the online. And you think about how Elon Musk uh, 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 enabled and God used him to enable internet service to continue there. And, and I look at that. That's a great thing from a, from them being able to communicate with the war and all that. But it's a great thing that the gospel kept on being able to be communicated into there. And so I just see the, the hand of God and all that. But um, I don't know if some of you, my wife and I shared this on, on Facebook, and I don't believe everyone sees what, what happens on Facebook, and, and so that aside, but we, we, we shared this, this interesting story. There's a church, First Baptist Church of Milford, Ohio, that has a Bible printing ministry. It's called Bearing Precious Seed. How many of you are familiar with that ministry? Okay, so it's down in Milford. They've been printing Bibles for, for years. You can get nice leather-bound English Bibles, but they print Bibles for all around the world. They print many of the John and Romans, like for the Dayton Baptist Church, for that church plant, many of the John and Romans. One day I'd like them to, um, to print a custom John and Romans for our church to distribute in this, uh, this area. But they, uh, they had come across this, uh, this opportunity uh, to buy um, Bible paper and uh, if, you, if you have a Bible uh, today, you can tell that it's different than, you know, typical printed paper, right? Uh, m- most of the time it's a, it's a little bit thinner, you know, it's a, uh, you can see through it a little bit more. But anyway, Bible paper is kind of a special paper, and so they had this opportunity to buy Bible paper at half the price. only issue was is the Bible paper was bright yellow, and this is like a month or so ago. And so they decided. You know what? You know, if we're printing Bibles for other nations that don't have Bibles yet, uh, they're not going to know what color the Bible's supposed to be. So we're going to just go ahead and buy this Bible paper. So lo and behold, we come into uh, we come into this this period, and and there has there's been, and I don't understand all the the, the moving pieces, but there has been an, an, uh, a push. There's been a a project to get the Bible printed for for or translated and printed for the Ukrainian people, and so. Uh, as that's, that's coming to a head, uh, there came up this opportunity to print print the Bible in the Ukrainian language. And you know what color paper they had at that warehouse? What color? Yellow. Yellow. What's the colors that we're seeing everywhere? Yellow. Okay. So here is I, I have this morning the New Testament as I understand it, the New Testament printed in in the Ukrainian language. One of the first one of the first Bibles printed there. Um, and it's on yellow paper, you can come up and see it. It's on yellow paper, and they put a blue cover, and uh, this has been printed, and this is going to be being shipped over into the refugee camps and so forth. Well, it's gonna take a while for that to happen. Uh, The shipment takes time and so on. So there are two churches in our area, um, Cornerstone, Pastor Webb, uh, Pastor Rick Carr, First Baptist of, of Springboro, they're going over to Ukraine this coming week, on uh, different, different groups, but God's laying on hearts this coming week, and they're packing as many as they can in suitcases, and they're bringing them over there. And to, to be the kind of the forerunners, just to get into the refugee camps and start, and start. So there's some pastors we need to be praying for, Brother Charles Webb, Brother Rick Carr, for their safety, the different teams that are going over. So you say, w- why are you sharing this story? Because God has a way of getting glory. No one can say, we planned that, right? That's a small thing, but I want to I share something else with you. I was on the phone with Brother Charles Webb um, on Friday, and uh, he was going to be coming down to a, pa- or a pastor's meeting, or he was kind of debating whether to come down to a pastor's meeting. I said, no, nah, just come on, come on down. You, you'll be blessed by it. And uh, he was sharing with me about this whole thing. He says, Brother Kagan, the problem is, is, is the airlines refuse to admit that this is humanitarian uh, aid in any way, they they won't classify it as that, so they're charging us full price to bring bring these Bibles over, and this is broadside of us. There are men in our church that have uh, given up their own money uh, to go on this trip, and now we have this all this extra cost to to accomplish this. I need to raise X amount of money by next Wednesday, and so we'll we'll, we'll pray with you, and we'd certainly like to be a part of that from our missions and in, in some way, and so want to bring that up to you uh, uh, a little later on, and and so I. It was amazing. We get to this pastor's meeting. There's about um, 40, uh, 40, 45 pastors there, I, I'm guessing somewhere around that. And uh, at the end, uh, someone got word about it. And so they, they said, Hey, hey, pastors, right as we're dismissing, they said, Pastors, we need to pray. This is, this is a copy of the Bible that's going to be going over there. And, and we need to just pray. And, and so I, I knew about this, this matter of the, the funding. And I, I said to, the, I said to the, the guy that was kind of orchestrating, they were, they were praying and, and, and so on, I said, um there's some funds that are needed well do you know what do you know what happened this is just this is god okay because here's a man i don't even know if i need to come to this meeting i'm i I got so much going on and yet i need i need this and he didn't come for this and right there one of the leaders stood up and said hey how many pastors here would be willing to give you know give money to this and right in that room they they were raising money and and money was raised to meet the need that he had coming down there and all i'm saying is this god has a way of doing things to, to accomplish his work and accomplish victory for his glory where he's the only one that gets the glory. There are things happening like that all over. We need to find where God is working and just be there, right? Just be there. Just get on board with God. And I share that. It's an amazing thing. I, I praise the Lord for being able to see that, see that happening, but it was God. It's not anyone pra- that can get the credit it was god that um, that is doing that and so while the airlines the airlines are charging full price god says yeah i got this i got this i'll get the glory isn't that just like the thinning that happens we're going to go to ukraine and give out bibles praise the lord this is great oh extra fees but i got this too I got this too. We just have to trust the Lord. And so I I, I want us to move on. I'm I'm, I'm taking, uh, uh, I'm probably taking a little bit too much time in in sharing all this, but I want you to catch God is working in all this. This is amazing. So, and he he wants to continue. We need to be seeing the marvelous works of God on a a week-by-week, day-by-day basis. God hasn't stopped doing it. We have to be, and then you to believe it. So here they are, they're facing the enemy. Verse 7, I want you to notice they receive a promise from God. God continues to declare the promise that he already gave to to Gideon. And so God's uh, promise is declared, verse number 7, and the Lord said unto Gideon, by 300 men, let's read that together, by 300 men, say that again, by 300 men that lapped, will I save you. God declares his promise. I'm going to save you. Future, I'm going to save you. I will save you. And deliver the Midianites into thy hand. And let all the other people go. Let all the other 9,700 go. You talk about a step of faith. Not leaning to his own understanding. Uh, You guys are dismissed. 9,700. You're dismissed. You talk about a thin group. 300 are gathered there by that spring. So that he takes this step of faith and he allows the 9,700 to go home in verse number 8. And then God declared this. Look at verse number 9. And I want you to all every eye on this verse. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Gideon. And then I want us to read this all together, out loud, good and loud. Arise, get thee down unto the host, for I have delivered it into thine hand. Okay, right now, stand up and go. He said, I will deliver in verse number seven, right? Here he says, what? I have delivered. It's already done. Wait a minute, the 9,700, the 22,000, they're all home now, Lord. How is this going to happen? No, I've already given to you this victory with the 300. You're going to see the victory. And God declares that the victory has been won. You know what? God's still declaring his promises today and still confirming them today. There are promises all over Scripture, whether for provision, whether for his presence. I sent out to, um, this week, this, uh, this verse that I've been claiming this week, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things that thou knowest not. What is that? That's a promise for prayer. You call to me, I'll show you the impossible. What, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. I'll take care of everything you need if you'll just seek me first. Wow. If you lack wisdom, ask him, I'll give it to you. If you humble yourself, I'll lift you up, James 4.10. Whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Again, another wonderful promise of prayer. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. I'm coming back. All sorts of promises all over the scriptures. He's still declaring his promise to us, but I want you to notice he goes another step because God declares the promise twice. I will deliver. I have delivered. But notice this. Gideon still needs confirmation. How many of you are right with Gideon right there? Need you to say it again, Lord. Have you had that this week? Need you to say it again, Lord. Need you to help me to see it again again. Notice verse number 10. I want you to read the first phrase out loud with me. But if thou fear to go down. Verse number 9. Arise and go. You and the 300, arise and go. I have given you the victory. But, this is really funny to me. But if you fear. But if you fear. Now how many of you would just, just answer back to the Lord? If I fear, if I fear, I only have 300, and there's 135,000 in camp down there, and they don't have any moral compass at all. I mean, these are wicked individuals that have been afflicting us. If I fear, don't you know me? If I fear, do you see how personal God is? If you fear. If you fear, well, certainly he was fearing. And this is a part of the passage that we did not yet read. But here's what God has Gideon to do. If you fear, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take you and another one of your men, and I want you to go down into the the camp of the Midians at night. I want you to listen in on a conversation they're having in their tent. And so they do. They go down there, and they overhear this, this Midianite soldier sharing a story. He's sharing a story about, about uh, how, uh, how he dreamed a dream, and it was kind of weird, but it was, it was a large loaf coming down out of, the, out of the mountain and hitting the tent and then turning it over alongside and basically something that, that shouldn't have had victory, had victory, and it's just kind of a... a do you ever have weird dreams? But it goes on. And, and I want you to notice in verse number 15. Would you look at it with me? Uh, verse number 14. And his fellow answered and said, This is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. For into his hand hath God delivered me and all his host. That's what they're saying down there. Can you imagine going down into the enemy camp and hearing them quake in their boots about you? And the victory God's going to win through you. So here he goes in verse number 15. And it was so when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof that he did what? He worshiped. What is worship? Putting God in his rightful place. Giving God the the worth he he is worthy of. So he puts God in his rightful place and returned to the host of Israel and said, arise for the Lord. The Lord hath delivered into your hand the host of Midian. So God used a real life experience going down there into the camp to confirm and to convince Gideon's heart, I will do what I've promised I would do. I will save. I have saved. And you've heard it down there in the camp. They're already anticipating me saving you, me saving Israel through you. Wow. So God, Gideon needed to be convinced before he could lead others. That's the same in each one of our lives, right? We need to be convinced of the promises of God. You need to be convinced of the promises of God. Listen, it isn't about just me being convinced of the promises of God. We as a church must be convinced of the promises of God. Dads, you need to be convinced of the promises of God. Moms, you need to be convinced of the promises of God. grandmothers, teenagers, it doesn't matter, we must be convinced of the promises of God, allow him to do that work in our heart, and Gideon also needed to worship, have God in his rightful place before he could lead them to do the wonderful works of God, to see the wonderful uh, uh, victory that God was going to give. He needed God in the rightful place, and then I want you to notice what happens after all this, after he's convinced, after he's worshiped God, he was able personally, now it's not God saying, arise, go, I'm going to give you the victory. I have given you the victory. Notice what's happening now. God allows Gideon, frail Gideon, timid Gideon, Gideon, the one who's the least of his family, the one who doesn't think he has it, the one who is fearful. If you fear, that one, that Gideon, to now say, arise. Notice verse number 15. Would you look at it? The last phrase, for the Lord hath delivered. He does not even say the Lord will deliver. He says the Lord hath delivered do you see that Do you see the confidence that has been built in Gideon's heart as God has led him through all this he hath delivered into your hands the host of Midian by the way Gideon in this moment wasn't all about Gideon he says delivered into you whose hand your hand together together it wasn't he's delivered them into my hand no, it wasn't that. He was delivering them into your hand. And, and here in this moment, is not all about Gideon. And I'm, I, I'm amazed at, at the goodness of God and at how God works it out in our lives where he assures us of his promises. He convinces us of his promises. And I reminded myself of Psalm 103 and verse 13, like as a father, he pitieth his children. So the Lord pitieth them that fear him. He cares for I'm thankful that the Lord cares for us and he brings us along and he affirms his promises. He reassures and he convinces us of his promises. How good is God? How good is God? Can you identify with Gideon here? So Gideon's convinced. He's convinced of the reality of God's promise and he moved forward in faith. But without faith, it's impossible. It's impossible to please God. It's actually impossible to please God without expressing faith. Are you pleasing God today? Expressing faith? It's impossible without faith to please God. And so notice how Gideon goes forward conquering by faith. Verse number 16, And he divided the 300 men into three companies. How many, uh, how many are in each company now? A hundred. There's only so many ways you can divide 300. So they're, they're, they're divided down by three, hundred apiece. And so he uh, puts a trumpet in every one of the man's hands. Uh, an empty pitcher. Inside of the pitcher, there's a lamp. And he says, Look on me, do likewise. Whatever I do, do. Okay? So God's going to give us a victory, but whatever I do, you follow my example. So here's here's a strategy. And I want you to notice it was a divine strategy. This was not a, a military human strategy that was concocted here. Uh, this reminds me of Jericho march around the walls seven times, one time each day, and on the seventh day, march around seven times. Nowhere in any military strategy book can you find that strategy, nowhere. You will not find this strategy either in a military strategy book. Get a trumpet, get a a clay pot, a pitcher, and have a lamp inside, and uh, go out in groups of 100 and go around this camp. So here's the strategy, Uh, divide in three groups against this military, surround this military encampment of 135,000, carry the pitcher, the lamp in the pitcher, and the trumpet. No swords, no guns, no ammunition, no conventional methods of war, none of that. This is, this is what you're bringing into battle. woo Follow Gideon's lead, follow the commander. When Gideon blows the trumpet and those that are with him blow the trumpet, you all blow the trumpet. Break the pitcher, why? So the light would shine out. And so all around this camp, they're camped in the valley, right? All around this camp, it would appear as this light was shining and the trumpets were sounding that they were surrounded, okay? And what were they to cry? Shout this, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And so as they are shouting this, this this was already on the minds of at least several in the camp. Uh, that had had this dream, hey, th- this is nothing but the sword of Gideon, and now they're announcing the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. You know God's strategies for fighting and granting victory do not match human strategies. We get together, and Jesus promised, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And we get together, how are we going to concoct a church, build a church that is, that is, attractable, is attractive to the world, to the lost world? We get together and we start putting all of our minds together. How are we going to do this? And God says, I want you to just, I want you to pray. I want you to be seeking my face and I want you to be preaching the gospel. But the gospel's offensive to the world. I want you to preach the gospel as you go forward in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, God's strategies for victory and granting victory are never the same as human strategies. By the way, we aren't to be looking to the world. We aren't to be humanly strategizing for how to build Christ's church. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We need to seek him. We need to obey him. And so as we go along in this this matter, I want us to realize that spiritual battles will not be won with fleshly strategies. And the battles right within your home are not gonna be won by, um, by fleshly strategies. The battle for your children, raising them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, do you realize you can't win that spiritual battle with fleshly strategies. You're not gonna go out in the world and find some some book out there that gives you the the plan for how to raise good and successful children. You know how it is? I want you to turn over to Deuteronomy chapter six and verse number four. Go back a few pages. You know what the Bible tells us Deuteronomy six and verse number four. Actually it's verse number seven Deuteronomy 6 and verse number 7. Well, we need to teach them how to be productive members of society. I'm not not downplaying good, natural education. But you know what the Bible says? And thou shalt teach them diligently. What's them? Well, the doctrines of God, the commands of God. The commands of God. The commands of God. You mean those that we took out of the the schools in the 1960s? Yes. Yes. Is it any wonder that we have murdering going on? We have lying and cheating and thievery going on in our nation today in epic proportions. All right, so what is our responsibility? God says, and to teach them diligently unto thy children, and thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and uh, when thou walkest by the way in our day when you drive in the car, and when thou liest down before you go to bed, and when thou risest up when you get up. know what God tasked the fathers of every home to do to take his word and his commands and to teach them to our children but that doesn't sound like a very good way to make successful children in the world that's what God says by the way Joshua 1 8 this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good what success Wait a minute, I want to be successful in the world. God says, get back to my word. Well, that doesn't seem like a, a very good strategy. God says, it works. It works. What we are lacking in our homes, in our churches, and in our nation today, is a famine of God's word. We've neglected the strategy. Uh, spiritual battles will not be won with fleshly strategies. There's 101 self-help books out there. But you know what? So many times even Christians fall prey to that. Well, there has to be another answer out there. Something beside the Bible. No, it is God's word that we need. It is God's word and his spirit that we need. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. When Israel under the leadership of Moses, was to go up against the the Amalek. uh, What was the strategy there? Hey, as long as your hands are held up before the Lord, acknowledging that he's the one that's going to give the victory, Israel will win. Moses' arms began to get tired, right? Who came along? Aaron and Hur? They lifted up his arms. Well, that's kind of a strange war strategy. I've already mentioned Jericho. What a strange war strategy. But God is the one that has done this. The church, Ian Bounds says, is looking for better methods. God is looking for better men. What the church needs today is not more machinery or better, not new organizations or more novel methods, but men whom the Holy Spirit can use. Men of prayer, men mighty in prayer. The Holy Ghost does not flow through methods, but through men. He does not come on machinery, but on men. He does not anoint plans, but men, men of prayer. Hudson Taylor told a fellow missionary, if you're going to go into that province, brother, if you're going to go in that province, make sure you go forward on your knees. That's not a strategy. That's not an action. Yes, we've been learning a whole lot about how, that, how important prayer is to us moving forward. So here they have a divine strategy that gives way to a God-given victory. So Gideon and the 100 men that were with them Came outside the camp, verse nineteen. Came outside of the camp in the, in the middle of the the uh, in the beginning of the middle watch. So it's nighttime, and they had newly set a watch, and they blew the trumpets, break the pitchers that were in their hands. And three hundred uh, and the three companies blew the trumpets and break the pitchers and held the lamps in their in their left hand and the trumpets in their right hand and and to blow withal and they cried, "The sword of the Lord and of Gideon." And they stood every man in his place round about the camp. They surrounded it as 300 men, and all the hosts, that being Midian, ran and cried and fled. And the 300 blew the trumpets, and the Lord set every man's sword against this fellow, even throughout the all the host. All the host. So here's what happens the enemy is so confounded and confused by this, they begin to stir with one another, and, and cry, and cry out, and run around, and there's mass confusion down in the camp of the Midians, and they set their swords against each other, and they start killing each other off. Didn't see that one coming, did you? Isn't that amazing? Isn't our God amazing? Listen, when God works, it often brings great confusion to the enemies of God. Because it's not normal, it's out, of, it's, out of the, it's out of what normally you would expect to happen, and so God had confused the enemies. He confounded them. I'm reminded 1 Corinthians uh, 1 and verse number 25, because the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. God has ways of winning victory that we know not of, but if we'll simply seek him and trust him, he will win the victory. God is well able, he is well able to defeat every enemy that you and I face. What is the enemy and the obstacle in front of you? He's well able to defeat it. Now thanks be to God which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest, maketh open the savor of his knowledge by us in every place, Paul said. So this God-given victory not only was a wonderful thing for those 300 to see, but there were others that got involved. There were other people, verse number 23, and the men of Israel gathered themselves together out of Naphtali and Asher and out of all Manasseh to pursue the Midianites. Where were these guys at the beginning? you know what happened? As they saw God working and answering his promise and delivering, there were others in Israel that became emboldened in their faith and they jumped on board. Friends, faith in God and seeing God work is contagious. People want to be a part of something that God is doing. And friends, I can't can't encourage you more. Whether you feel like you're a part of Gideon's 300 right now or not, let God work in your life and you will attract attract others to say, I want what God is doing in your life. I want it. I want what God is doing in your church. Let's allow God to be God and win the victories through us. And so Gideon sent messengers to the Mount of Ephraim, come down. He's inviting other people into it. By the way, that's the same thing we ought to be doing. When God works, we ought to invite other people. You've got to come and see. Be a part of what God is doing. This isn't about us. Let's be a part of what God is doing. And so they chase them. And what's amazing to me, the men of Ephraim, they, uh, they defeat two. In verse number 25, they defeat two of the princes, two of the political leaders of the, uh, of the people of Midian. They defeat them, kill them and bring justice uh, justice upon them. And so I just want us to realize when God works, it emboldens the faith of others. It emboldens our faith. We must see God work in our day. God is not done. We are not holding on to the rapture. Well, don't you realize there's bad things happening in the world right now? Yes, but God is not done working. Do you believe that this morning? God is not done. As long as he keeps his church on earth, we have a mission to perform. We have a God who can do wonders in the midst of chaos. And I wish we had time to go through how God is even in the midst of the chaos that we're seeing in Ukraine. He is blessing his church and he's bringing people forward and he's saving souls, many souls, and bringing them into the kingdom. We need to see God work in our day. We need to believe that God wants to work in our day. We need to see it. Our children desperately need to see it. Your children need to see it. Psalm 78, much of the reason that God brought allegations or complaints against the people of Israel, Psalm 78, verse number 4, was they had not shared with one another. They had not shared with the next generation about how God had worked in the past. Here they're saying, hey, this is what we're going to start doing now. We will not hide from their, um, from their children showing to the generations to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He hath done. We need to be sharing what God is doing. Hey, parents, you need to share how God has provided for you as you give today. You need to share that with your children. You need to share when God answers prayer. You need to share when God is is doing something that only God can do in your life. You need to share that with your children. Don't let them forget. Share how you came to Christ, how the miracle of your salvation. Share that with your children. You realize that that is so important. Why? Because it emboldens faith. Other believers need to hear your testimony. The Bible says this, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. How's God working in your life? How's God winning victories? You say, I haven't seen him win victories. You need need to beg God. I want to see the works of Gideon in my life. This isn't just for thousands and thousands of years ago. This is for now. Do you believe that? Sometimes we answer yes, just because that's the right thing to say. But I pray that God in our hearts will stir up a holy desire for us to see the works, the wonderful works of God now. And it's not about us. It's not about us. I want you to turn over to Psalm. Psalm chapter 1 verse number 15. If you underline in your Bible, it might be a good verse to meditate and underline this week. No one could look at the, the wonderful miracle, the deliverance that God had brought about through Gideon and those 300 men. Hey, yeah, that was Gideon. Gideon was the one. No, God did it through him. God did it. It's not about us. It's about God and his glory. Psalm 115 in verse number one. If you're there, say amen or something. There's three of you there. Psalm 115 in verse number one. Psalm 115 in verse number one. Right in the middle of your Bible. Psalm 115, verse number 1. Now let's read this out loud together. Okay, you ready? Are you there? Okay, let's read it out loud together. Ready, begin. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Not unto us. It's not about us. Grace Baptist Church isn't about us. The offering we take today is not about us. The, The salvation of souls this year, it's not about us. Any advance in helping new believers be discipled, it's not about us. It's about him, about his glory. The book of uh, Colossians 1 and verse number 18 says that Jesus is to have preeminence in the church. Not us. Not us. It's not about us. Too many times we make our lives, our family, our work, our church about us. God, God isn't honored, isn't impressed with that. And he isn't desirous to work in that type of environment. He works when we're, it's not about us. You're going to have to win this victory. All the glory will go to you. Even in our weakness, Lord, it's, it's you that's going to have to win the victory. See how that, he won the victory in Gideon's life. I want us to think about this. Again, the sports analogy. On the front, if you have a jersey, uh, on the front of the shirt, what is, what is typically printed? Okay? What on the front? Is it, is it the team? Is it the team or the name of the person? So it's the team on the front? Okay. The name's on the back? The team's on the front, okay. All right, we got it. N- n- name's on the front. The team name's on the front, all right? Okay, you're all, you're all with me? And then, the, and then the, the person's name's on the back, okay? Now think about this. How many times you have a super competitive person, how many times is it all about them? They play for the name on the back, their name, right? It's all about me showboating. It's all about me, me winning this victory, I did this. There's a big difference when a team player plays for the name that's on the front, right? It's all about the team. It's all about us together, okay? There's a big difference. In fact, you've probably seen that Printed on different posters for teams. Hey, play for the name on the front of the jersey, not in the back of the jersey, right? It's all about the team and us doing this together. You know what? We need to do the same thing. This isn't about us. This isn't about my name. This is about his name. Whose team are we on? All right, specifically Christ's. Whose church do we belong to? Yeah, play for him. Work for Him. Serve for Him. Give for Him. Not for your name. For Him. And if we'll do that, do you know something? You know what's interesting? The people that we study in history past, the people that we study, the great Christians of the past, were not people that were all about them. They were all about Christ, and we still study their lives because they were all about Christ. And because they are all about Christ and His glory and His conquering, do you realize that's why we still remember them today? Because they made such an impact. The reason that we still study Gideon is because he made such an impact. He trusted God, even when God whittled him down to 300 men. And friends, I invite you to seek God for the conquering, for the triumph. But remembering this, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about his glory, his name. And let's let's just commit to the Lord today, once again, from this day and forward, that this church and what we do for him and the victories that we see it's not about us the victories we're asking for it's not about us it's for him would you would you seek the Lord with me about that today and let's bow for prayer here this morning before we take up our offering um, before we leave today let's ask the Lord the Lord this isn't about us let's tell let's affirm that to the Lord we acknowledge unto your name unto your name give glory unto thy name not to our name unto your name give glory would you stand with me in an attitude of prayer I mean, you would say today, Pastor, I, I want to be like a Gideon. I don't want it to be about me. When I talk to, talk to the men, when Gideon talked to the men, and he says, hey, God's delivered, delivered the Midianites into your hands, Gideon just firmly declaring, it's not about me, it's about God. The Lord has delivered. He's already done this. I mean, you'd say, hey, Pastor, I want, I want the spirit of Gideon. I want the spirit of Gideon. God touched my heart about that today. I want the spirit of Gideon. You raise your hand to that. I want that spirit of Gideon. Could we commit that to prayer today? I want that same attitude. It's not about me. I want to see God work, but it's not about me. I'm going to give you an opportunity just to kneel, either at your seat or here at the altar, kneel with me. And let's just once and again say, Lord, it's not about us, but unto thy name be glory. Unto your name be glory. Would you come and pray in that way? Right now, as the music plays, let's find a place to kneel and pray. Lord, it's not about me, it's not about our group, it's about you. you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior today, our, our goal, our love would be to simply share Christ with you before you leave this place. Would you allow us to be out in the lobby right afterwards and love to have the opportunity just to share Christ with you, how you can know for certain that you're on your way to heaven. Would you allow us to do that with you today? The invitation is always open here. Father, right now we commit this time to you, uh, we take up this offering cheerfully, willingly, and as unto you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Would you be seated for just a moment? Talked about this offering for several weeks, and really prayed about it since Vision, vision Sunday. You say, well, what's this offering about? It's really about this, the, the projects uh, on the third, uh, the third section of our vision guide that you have and you've been praying over. We envision Uh, making ministry, and building adjustments, and preparations by faith for the coming harvest as we fully obey the word and the will of Jesus Christ. And just understand this, as we take its steps, just like with Gideon, you can be guaranteed that God's going to thin out along the way. There's going to be some obstacles that come up in the way, and we're just going to have to pray through as a church. Things that we didn't see coming, uh, we'll just pray through, and we'll we'll accomplish uh, going through them with the Lord's help. And so, As we take up this offering today, we're looking at these different items. Uh, We mentioned uh, these items here. Uh, We've already done a couple of them. Uh, We're preparing a third bus for for use, conducting a feasibility study this year uh, that would would allow us to plan for auditorium improvements, to ensure maximum use here in the auditorium, uh, to plan for access to front entry, plan for future expansion. Begin raising funds for the, the replacement of roof to update and, uh, and expand our camera system. I mentioned that, and I'm just going to say a little bit more about that. As we have this year, we've uh, switched insurance companies that really provided us a great, uh, a great savings um, for our church and much better service to our church. One of the things they uh, have really encouraged us about uh, we have always done background checks for anyone that's working with children, that's just been a, a part of our, our operating procedure, and so uh, anyone, if they're working in Venture Camp, anyone working with children, we've done background checks uh, just to, uh, to have that credibility there. But along with that, one of the things that we're going to be doing in the, in the coming year is putting a c- uh, camera system in or updating our camera system that would have a camera in each, uh, each classroom. You say, why? Because we don't trust our workers? Nope. Not at all. Uh, it's accountability. And and just just the uh, the the level of safety uh, for us as we invite um, families and children into this place. And so uh, that, as you understand, technology is not cheap, but that is one of the significant parts of an advancement this year. And what is that all really about? It's about preparing and being um, being ready for. Uh, the coming harvest, Uh, and it's a step of faith, it's, uh, a a doubting step would be, you know what, that's just too expensive, we're not going to deal with that, you know, it's really, we could, we could shortcut around that, we're just not going to deal with that, that would be a, that would be a, um, that would be taking a position of doubting, but a step of faith is, Lord, we believe that you want young families here, we believe that you want to increase the children that we're affecting for the work of the Lord, and we're going to prepare so that we can do that in this day and age, this very very crazy day and age are you are you with me about that it's a crazy day and there's skepticism everywhere and especially about church we want to be all the way above board so that's one of the things along with uh preparing that uh, the uh, eventually there will be windows that will be put in the in the classroom doors the children's classroom doors and and so on but that's one of the significant parts we've installed a new flooring down there Uh, by the way we have a work day coming up this friday to help finish up some of these projects around as well as cleaning spring cleaning you know that needs to happen uh in in your home that happens in church too so I invite you to that this coming Saturday and then to install and update the the room 106 which is a two and three year old classroom and again these things just simply updating and making making adjustments ministry and building adjustments for the glory of God for the coming harvest so as you give in this offering the conquer through Christ offering that's what we're giving towards is this anything above and beyond I mentioned that uh, that we're looking that what is on this this screen right now is about around $35,000. And so as, and if you want more details about that, you, you can simply ask. Um, but as if the Lord uh, blesses beyond that, we'll put that towards the, the, um, towards the roof, as is mentioned on this as well. The roof is um, somewhere around 147,000 is current estimates on that to replace the shingles on the roof as it stands right now. So as we give today, we give... Um, as unto the Lord, this is a free will offering. Um, if you mind the Lord, if I mind the Lord, if we mind the Lord, no one needs to walk away feeling like, like this, okay? Right? Uh, this is a free will offering. We do what the Lord lays on our heart, and we honor him with that, and we are cheerful about that. Are you with me about that? Okay? Uh, there's, remember two weeks ago I, I, I mentioned the message, God is not interested in great philanthropy. He is interested in complete sacrifice. He wants you more than your money. You with me on that? So as we give, we give unto the Lord. Now we are going to, um, we're going to also take up this offering tonight uh, in the evening service. Um, and we will give the tally in the evening service tonight as to where the Lord on uh, the Lord has brought um, brought us but I need to also say this some of you give online that's how um, I'm uh, giving today is online uh, and so I want to alert you where you can go for that uh, guys would you pull up the online uh, giving uh, giving thing you can do the QR there but it's at our website gracebaptistofkettering.org of forward slash give and you ne- if you go there and give a one-time gift you you can give to the conquerors through Christ offering designation that is right on there. You can give right there at the website and do it in that way. And we'll tally all that all all that uh, today and give that announcement uh, tonight. And then I want to lastly say before the guys come, if you are giving a pledge, in other words, you say, the Lord, I, I, I sense that this is what the Lord would have me do. I'm pledging to give this much over the next three months. On the back of the pledge card, it's broken down. If you give this much per week or this much per month, this is what it would come out to. And you write that down, and then you need to tear off, tear off the the small side, and drop that in the offering plate. No name is needed on this. It's between you and the Lord, but tear off that. And you say, I'm pledging to give X amount of dollars towards the Conquerors Through Christ offering over the next three months. I plan to fulfill my pledge on a weekly, biweekly, or monthly basis. And you, uh, you fill that out, and you drop that in the offering uh, right now. And so we're going to ask the Lord to bless this, uh, this offering as we take it up. Um, um, for the Lord and for the furtherance of his ministry, and we take this offering up by faith, looking forward to what the Lord is going to continue to do in the days ahead. And so here's what I'd like to do, is uh, Brother Caleb, would you give this mic to Brother Tom, and uh, Brother Tom, would you stand and lead us in prayer for this offering? Guys, if you'd come.
3: something greater than ourselves amen we thank you for the privilege of serving you we know that as we heard preached this morning it's not you're not looking for those who are great and powerful but you're looking for those who are available and will listen to you and allow you to work through them we pray now as we take this offering father that you would just bless it and multiply it to meet the needs and to prepare this church to go forward to meet the needs of this community to meet the needs of lost people all around us we pray that you would bless it multiply it lay upon each heart whatever it is that you would have them to do and may we joyfully give as unto our savior we pray this in christ's name amen (laughs) you. <laughs>
0: As announcements go, we do have the Adventure Camp Prop Night. Uh, it's coming up Tuesday, April 22nd or uh, 26th. That's 6 p.m. They'll be here at the church, helping get ready for um, Adventure Camp. Church-wide deep cleaning day is Tuesday, 1 to 3. If you can make that from 1 to 3, that would be a great help. And the church-wide work day is April 9th, next Saturday at 8, uh, 8 a.m. Breakfast is breakfast is provided, but we could use some gentlemen to help cook breakfast. So, if you'd like to be able to help and get up extra early and be here at seven to help with breakfast, please come see me, and we will get some guys together to cook breakfast. If you're going to offer breakfast, you kind of have to cook it. So, come and see me if you can help with that. On that work day, we are going to finish this hall down here. Probably get started this week, laying the cove base, but we could use some gentlemen to help finish that up, as as well as some other things going on over there in the hall. Easter egg hunt outreach is April 16th at 1 p.m., so be aware of that. And Easter Sunday is April 17th. Do invite someone to that. And then if you do have a roof uh, or an uh, offering to go towards the roof fund, make sure you label that on the envelope roof fund. And as soon as the service concludes today, gentlemen from the mowing crew, or if you're interested in being in the mowing crew, please meet over here for a short meeting with Brother Dennis immediately after the service. Pastor? Pastor?
2: Amen. And uh, I do encourage you, let's stand. I do encourage you to be taking the Easter cards or out um, at the uh, soul winning table. Brother Chris, would you mind just standing out there by the soul winning table? If you uh, were not able to go Saturday and uh, you'd like to get some uh, cards out this week and take advantage of some time you have during the week, could uh, you go to Brother Chris? and uh, he will get you a map and, and get, you, uh, get you situated with flyers and where to go uh, and to pass out flyers even through the week. We do have the workday next week. Why are we doing it then? To be ready for spring but also for Easter really want to see this hall get taken care of before Easter and uh, make sure that we're all um, put together we also have a little bit of work to do on the nursery so want to get those two projects out of the way before we um, we have uh, extra people here on Easter Sunday so let's all come together Saturday morning take that Saturday morning and uh, give it to the work of the Lord here and by the way it's a great time for you to bring your children they enjoy uh, enjoy helping out and having projects. Now, the other cleaning time that was mentioned—if you can't come on Saturday, come on on Tuesday and 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 just pick off a, a project and and uh, and take care of that uh, then. So we appreciate any help that you can give. Well, I'm looking forward to tonight, and we'll continue to uh, we'll continue to take up the offering tally it tonight, like I said. But I am going to give a testimony tonight about what the Lord has been doing uh, in our lives, um, and particularly where we were this past. Uh, past week. I want to share that with you along from Titus. And so I believe it'll be a help to you to give perspective and really just need uh, some, uh, your prayer support. And there's some things we need to do it together as a church. And so I want to share all that with you tonight, uh, in the evening service, 515 or 530 for the prayer meeting and then six o'clock for the service. God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon.